0: Everybody say, God is not a vending machine. First things first. Say, first things first. Over in Matthew, the sixth chapter, verses 25 through 34, Matthew 6. If you got it, say amen. If you don't, open your Bible and just look spiritual. Matthew six twenty five through 34. Jesus said, Therefore I say unto you, Take no thought for your life, for what you shall eat or what you shall drink, neither for your body. What you shall put on is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment. Behold the fowls of the airs, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much more better than they? And which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit into a statue? And why take ye thought for the raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow and they toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you, that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall not, he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or whether shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. Verse 33, read it aloud with me. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take no thought, therefore, for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought, for the things of itself sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. We are told in this scripture to seek ye first the kingdom of Of God. Everybody say first. And His righteousness. And the Bible tells us then all of these things, everything else will fall into place. Now, too many times we try everything else first. And if we can't fix it ourselves, we turn to God. But the Bible says, Seek ye. First, the kingdom of God and his righteousness. God will be first in your life or he won't be God at all. God will not be second, third, fourth, or last. God will be first or he won't be anything. And we must take the time for the Lord. He must be first. The thing, the first thing in the morning... Should be God. The last thing at night. Should be God. Now as you're turning to Psalms 42. Growing up in church. Growing up in church all of my life. In our family the Osband family. Not one time. In my entire childhood. Childhood. Did I ever hear on a Saturday night or a Sunday morning, my parents say, are we going to go to church Sunday morning? Are we going to go to church? Brother Murphy, that was a given. The Osbans were going to be there, and they were going to be there not on time, but before time. We were going to be there Sunday morning. We always had church Sunday night. We were there. We were there every Wednesday night. When we had revival, we did not pick and choose which one of the one of seven nights that we were going to be there. We were there every night. We were there When the doors were open, I think sometimes my parents just went to church to watch whoever is supposed to be cleaning it that week. The doors were going to be open, so they were there. We were there every time. What, what, What did that set a precedence in me? That set in me, and it said to me, Brother Ken, God comes first in our family. God comes first in our family. Now, I know that just going to church... Will not make you a Christian any more than driving into a garage makes you a car. Amen. Going to church alone will not get you to heaven, but it is on the right track to getting you to heaven. Church is important, people. Wow, I got one. That's right. I said, Church is important. Church is very important. When we begin to neglect church, we are neglecting our soul. We need to put God first again in our life. Now, I'm going to say something that may rub some people wrong, um, but if it rubs the fur on the cat wrong, turn the cat around and it'll be all right. When I was growing up, There was no such thing as a high school ball game on a Sunday. There was no such thing as ball practice on a Wednesday night. Why was that? Because the community knew that Christians went to church on Sunday and they went to church on Wednesday nights. I remember in Hope, Arkansas about 18, 19 years ago, 18 years ago, whenever my nephew was five or six years old, and he was playing basketball. He might have been a little bit older than that. But anyway, my sister came to pick him up from practice, and she was there, and the coach said, the next practice will be Wednesday night at 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock. Nobody said a word. My sister raised her hand. He said, yes, Miss Margie. Said, uh Excuse me, but we have church on Wednesday night. <clears throat> then one other timid Christian spoke up and said, Yeah, we, we do too. And he said, Oh, okay. Uh, next practice is going to be Tuesday night. See how easy that was? Because one Christian spoke up. Amen. You say, Oh, that's just nitpicking. No, that's where it all began. Amen. Where sports began to take over precedence of the church, amen. We have got to, as God's children begin to put God first again, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness doing what is right and all of these other things, they'll fall in line. But what has happened in America church today is God has been put on the back burner, and we work everything around that. We do not work things around God. We work things, we work God around things. If it's convenient, then we will go to church, or we will do this, or we will do that. It is time to put God back in America again. It's time, it's time, and it starts with us. And if the church, if the world sees the church lacks in all of its thing, then what kind of a witness is that? Well, I know this is not what you really wanted to hear this morning, but it's what you're getting. Psalms 42, verse 1 or 2. And believe you me, I haven't even seen Brother Ken until this morning when I walked in. We have not discussed any problem of the church, so I am ignorant. I'm, I'm like Schultz. I know nothing so what I say, take it from the Lord. Psalms 42, verse 1 and 2. As the heart or the deer or the antelope type animal panteth after the water brook, so panteth my soul, where? After thee, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. David had a longing in his heart for the living God. You might say that he was thirsty for him and... Just like the deer after it's run from a hunter or whatever and its tongue is hanging out and it comes upon a water brook, it just laps and laps and laps and laps and laps. It is so thirsty. And the psalmist is trying to paint us a picture that that is how that we ought to go after God. We should be so thirsty for him. Matthew 5 and 6, once again, blessed are those who do hunger And thirst after righteousness, not after success, careers, good looks, but after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Whenever you pray for God's will, and George kind of, Brother George kind of taught on this in our class today about God's will, when we pray for God's will to be done in our life, we're stirring up a hunger for righteousness for right living and we need to pray often we need to pray until those little hunger pangs become a passion and your heart becomes centered on what God wants most go with me to Psalms the 63rd chapter we're going to read verses 1 through 8 Psalm 63, verse 1. O God, thou art my God. Early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. You know, I'm amazed that there's a lot of times in the Bible it talks about early will I seek thee. I was telling Sister Ramona this morning as I was setting out On their front porch with my cup of coffee. I said, You know, this is what I like to do at my house. I like to sit on my back patio. The sun comes up in my front yard, so it's all shaded in the backyard in the morning. I like to go out there with my cup of coffee, my Bible, my devotion, have my time with the Lord. When you start your day off with God, you're going to find out that your day goes a whole lot smoother. Verse 2 To see thy power and thy glory, so as I have seen thee in the sanctuary. Because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. Thus will I bless thee while I live. I will lift up my hands in thy name. Listen to verse 5. My soul shall be satisfied. Everybody say satisfied. As with marrow and fatness. And my mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips. When I remember thee upon my bed, and what? Meditate on thee in the night watches. Because thou hast been my help, therefore in the shadow of thy wings will I rejoice. My soul followeth hard. Everybody say hard. After thee, thy right hand upholdeth me. The psalmist said, my soul followeth hard after God. He knew that God was not A vending machine. Push A1 and out comes your desire. Amen. We must follow hard after God. There are times when it's easy to follow God. Amen. Whenever we've got money in the bank and our health is great and the kids aren't acting up and the spouse acts like he cares for us. I mean, it's really easy to serve God then then something happens. We lose our job. Our kids go astray. Death takes a loved one. Our spouse wants to end the marriage. The car breaks down. Or in my case yesterday morning, on, before I come here, the TV went out in the living room. Our health breaks down. Something happens. And we're tempted to cry out, God, where are you? God, why me? I can guarantee you one thing. There has not been a time that Pastor Ken has cried out in all of his pain, God, why me? What did I do to deserve this? Listen, people, it rains on the just and the unjust, and it sprinkles on the hypocrites. I thought I'd just throw that in. But listen to about Job. Job was a perfect and an upright man, the Bible says. Perfect and upright man in the eyes of God. Yet Job did not escape this life without troubles and trials. Can you imagine losing all of your wealth and your children in one day? One day. It didn't spread out. In one day he lost all. All of it, it happened to Job. And yet, what did he say? The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He also said, when he has tried me, I will come forth as pure gold. What a man. Job didn't have a vending machine mentality. He had faith in God. And listen to me, just like Job did not escape the trials of this life, neither will we. Neither will we. Are we so foolish to think that we will? We will not. Being a Christian does not give us a free pass on pain and affliction. Like I said, it rains on the just and the unjust. There have been things that have happened to every one of us. That was not pleasant. We did not like it. But look, here we still are. We're still standing. We're still standing. We're still serving the Lord after all that. One of the problems with some of the generation growing up today is this free pass stuff. They, they have this mentality of the world owes me. I want to tell you something. world don't owe you nothing. The world does not owe you anything. Amen. And the sooner you can get that in your mind, and, and <clears throat> the better off you're going to be. Whenever, whenever I, I became um, of age to drive a car, and then when I was a, a junior in high school and I got the job at the store, I worked all of that summer, and I only went to school half a day in my senior year because I had enough credits that I could do that and I still keep my job at the store, working till 7 o'clock at night, closing time, getting up and going to school and all of that. And I, and I needed a car to take me back and forth to work and to school. And guess what? Guess what? My parents didn't buy me a car. My dentist had a 1967 Plymouth Valiant three-speed on the column for sale for $400, now in 1972, $400 was a lot of money, and I saved up my money, and I bought that car, my parents didn't give it to me, they didn't buy it for me, and guess what, I had to pay my own car insurance, Uh, young people probably don't like this message, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. You know why I valued that car? That was just a, in, in, the, in the world today, it would be called an old clunker. But I valued that car. I took care of that car. I washed that car till the white paint nearly came off of it. <laughs> Shined that thing up. Treated it like it was a brand new 1972 vehicle. Why? Because it was my money that bought it. I've seen kids today that their parents bought them a brand new car and I watched them trash it. There was no value. No value. Brother Murphy, they didn't have to do anything to earn it. They just come along on Mom and daddy's coattail. Do you know that just this week a psychologist looked at a mother and a father that I know and said the only fault I have in you is you have given your kids too much. Psychologist told her, said, you've given your kids too much. They don't deserve it. They don't respect it. They don't respect you. And they don't honor what you've given them. You've done too much for them. Tough love is really tough, isn't it? But sometimes when you try that, when you get, when you start giving, I don't know where on earth all this comes from. This is not in my notes. When you start giving them kids everything and their birthday and Christmas comes around, by the time they're five years old, they've gotten everything except for a car, What are you going to give them now? You've done give them every new electronic that there is. Everything that you can imagine. Whatever they say they want. And you grandparents are as guilty as the parents. I think the Lord might say stop it. Or slow down. Nip it in the bud Barney. Just nip it. Well I think I stopped preaching and went to meddling but. We sing that song, to be like Jesus, to be like Jesus. All I want is to be like him, but I don't want to be beat. I don't want to be crucified. All I want is the power and the glory. That's not the way we sing it, but that's the way we live it. If you're going to really sing that song, to be like Jesus, be willing to be crucified. And this whole flesh needs to be crucified, amen. Our wants and our desires need to go by the wayside and we need to want and desire what God would have. You can be going to Psalms 37. And how, and it's amazing how Brother George's class went along with the message this morning about the lord's will and and even on prayer but listen about prayer concerning prayer no prayer no power little prayer little power much prayer much power bible said my soul followeth hard after god when we do that he delights in us and he'll give us the desires of our heart prayer should be on our first option not our last when we seek him with all of our heart and not just this mumbo jumbo now I lay me down to sleep. I pray my Lord my soul to keep if I should die before I wake, give my friend my dog Jake. Whatever. You know that God is great, God is good, let's thank for our food amen. That's that's all right for a five year old. But you know what? When you get forty, you need to have new prayer. You, you need to advance past that, that prayer. Amen. James, you don't have to go there, but James talks about the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. One, one of the things that Brother George put in his class today. The effectual, not flimsy, lazy prayer, but the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth what? Much. Weak need prayers will not get the attention of God. We need to pray fervently. And 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 I'm I'm just gonna say this. I don't I don't want to get off on the wrong path. But you better pray and pray hard about who you vote for. Amen. You need to pray hard about who you vote for on a city level, a county level, a state level and a presidential level. You need to pray hard about who you're going to vote for. And don't, I I do not vote independent, Republican, or Democrat. I vote my conscience, and I vote what I feel like God would have me to vote for and who he would have me to vote for. Does this person have my convictions? Do they stand against abortion, against gay marriage, and all this other kind of junk? Do they stand against that? Then, yes, check. They got my vote. Amen. <laughs> Psalms 37, four, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and He shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Delight yourself in the Lord. Make Him proud of you, and He'll give you the desires of your heart. God is not a vending machine. And he's not a drive through window. We live in the world of right now. God is not, my name is Jimmy, so gimme, gimme, gimme. I mean, we are not to, we're not like the microwave. I I don't, I don't, I don't have any microwave prayers. Mine are more like a crock pot. I mean, just... Slow and steady and easy. Right there we go. The only time I think I had a microwave prayer is um, probably about 30 years ago. A cassette. I know young people don't know what a cassette is, but it's kind of like a CD or an MP3 player. Anyway, cassette fell in the floorboard, and I reached down to get it. When I come back up, I'd veered on the other side of the road, meeting a logging truck. And I, and, and I needed a microwave prayer, brother Murphy. I said, I started to call on Jesus, and I thought, I might need to go a little higher to God, so it came out, "Oh God, Oh God! That's in between Jesus and God. Oh God, help me!" And I got that car back. God, help me get that car back over in the right lane. That was my microwave prayer. Amen. Delight thyself in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of your heart. Isaiah 26 and 9. Too, Too many people growing up today have this entitlement mentality. And it's almost like a, a vending machine. This is what I want from the government, and they better give it to me. This is what I want from my parents, and this and they better give it to me. And that follows over into their walk with the Lord. God, if you really love me, you know, give me that in-ground swimming pool <laughs> or that cherry red car or whatever. God is not A vending machine. Everybody say first things first. Isaiah 26 and 9. With my soul have I desired thee in the night. Yea, with my spirit within me, I will seek early. I will seek thee early. For when thy judgments are in the earth, the habitants of the world will learn righteousness i want you to think about that word learn righteousness righteousness is learned righteousness is taught in the house in the home righteousness is simply doing the right thing being upright you need to teach your children to live righteous in an unrighteous world teach them to have integrity I got tickled. Um, I took Ava to the movies to see The Lion King. She's six years old. We're sitting in the movie, and I thought, I I think I'd like a piece of gum. So I got a piece of gum out, and I thought, well, I know Ava wants a piece of gum because she's always asking me for a piece of gum. So I handed a piece of gum over to her whenever the screen kind of went dark, and it was kind of dark, and she felt for it. And when the screen got light, she saw what it was, and she gave it back to me, and she said, I can't have gum. And I thought, what do you mean you can't have gum? You've had gum your entire life. I know you have. So I said, Ava, why can't you have gum? She said, I'm grounded from gum. And I thought, who gets grounded from gum? (laughs) I'm grounded from gum, KK. And I said, Really? What 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 did you do? She said, "I, I got gum in my hair. And so for right now, I'm grounded from gum. After the movie, went back to her house and me and her mom and dad, we were sitting around the table playing a game. And Ava came in, and I believe in praising kids when they do the right thing. And so she came in, and I said, hey, Mama, listen to this. Ava showed honesty and integrity today at the movies. And Daniel said, oh, she did? What did she do? I said, well, I, and Ava's looking at me like, what did I do, and what's honesty and integrity? And uh, I said, I handed her a piece of gum, and she handed it back to me, and she said, I can't have this right now, KK, because I'm grounded from gum. And then Ava knew what it was all about, and she leaned into her mama, and her mama hugged her real tight. She said, that's my girl. That's good. She'll be ungrounded pretty soon, but right now, you know. Now, you know what? We were in the movies by ourselves. She could have had that gum, chewed that gum on the way out of the movies, threw that gum in the trash can, and her mother would have never known anything about it. But Ava did the right thing by saying, I can't have this right now. Teach your children integrity. Teach them. It said to learn righteousness. Amen. Isaiah said, with my soul have I desired thee. Can you remember the last time that you cried out, out of the depths of your soul, tears were flowing, your heart was melting, and being melted with God's being made one, you felt one with God, your heart became His heart, your desires were His desires, you weren't pushing buttons and trying to get something like that. You were pressing toward the mark of the high calling through Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. I want to close with, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and its righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. Would you stand with me? I know this wasn't a shouting message. Sometimes we need to come down to earth and do a checkup from the neck up and check our heart and ask the Lord, Have I become slack in some of the things Sister Kay has said today? Have I become slack in my living, in my giving, in my doing, in my church attendance? And if the answer to any one of those is yes, then today we just need to simply ask the Lord, God created me a new spirit, a right spirit. Lord, let me do your will. I want to do your will. Is Sister D here? She's not all right. We don't have to have music to pray by. But I do, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know it's 12 o'clock and I know that churches get mad if you go past 12. But if you get mad, here's an altar and you can just come and pray. But I want us to find a place, whether it's here or at our seat. If you're physically able to kneel, then you do that. It's not the position, it's the condition of your heart. You don't have to kneel if you're not physically able to kneel the Lord knows that but right now I want us to start stepping out of our chairs and I want us to come I want us to find a place to pray I want us to just have a heart-to-heart talk with the Lord seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things shall be added unto you come on let's find a place